0: take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Find out on another episode of We Are Amada, the show dedicated to the entrepreneurs who decided to take a risk and start a business that matters to them, to their families, and to their communities. I'm Marcus Mora. Welcome to the show. Good morning and good afternoon to you. This is Marcus here at Amada Senior Care. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us to hear from one of our franchise partners, uh, and by the way, this call is for you. The reason we do these calls is so you can ask questions. So uh, if it's your first time you've ever listened to one of our phone calls or if you've been following Amada Senior Care for a long time, uh, welcome. And again, this is a call for you. So before we start, I just want to do a, a few things for those of you who are joining us live. In order for you to ask questions, there's two ways for you to do this. One is uh, you just go to the question box in the GoToWebinar panel. And in fact, what would be really cool is if you are here with us and you can see the question box, click on it and just say, hello, hi, anything you want to do, uh, tell me what the weather is like or, uh, or your favorite team, I don't know. Put something in there just to know that I can see that you found the question box. Okay, cool. So some of you are coming in and letting us know that you can hear us loud and clear. Thank you for that. So that's one way to ask questions, <laughs> Muggy in LA, uh, Will from Maryland. Okay, cool. So we got some good good folks there. So thank you for doing that. It really helps us uh, know that we're coming out to you loud and clear. And by the way, if there's an, an issue with audio, please go in there. If you can't hear us or something's going on, let us know so that we can uh, fix the audio. Now, the other way to ask questions, which is the way that we prefer, that we love for you to do, is raise your hand. What we'll do is unmute you and you can ask a question live from Kevin and Greg. And asking a live question allows you to have a follow-up, right? You could have like a four-part question. And again, this is really for you guys. So uh, let me go ahead and and share my screen here. And let's see. All right, there we go. So I'm sharing my screen. Now, uh, real quick, before I introduce you to Kevin and Greg, uh, I wanted to tell you real quick, for those of you who are brand new to Amada Senior Care, who don't know what we do, just real briefly, we are a senior care company, which means we send caregivers to seniors' homes to take care of activities of daily living. That is things like dressing, bathing, walking, grooming, toileting, and then also other things like meal preparation, companionship, even driving the senior to a doctor's appointment or to the grocery store. It's really whatever it takes to help that senior thrive in their home. Now when home is not ideal, we can also help them find uh, services like going to an assisted living, uh, helping them with with, uh, affording the care through uh, Veterans Administration, long-term care insurance, or whatever it takes. Uh, We really talk about the fact that we're like the Navy SEALs of home care because although it is important to have amazing caregivers, it's also really important to help the family navigate all of the crazy options that are out there. Uh, As Kevin and Greg will tell you here in a little bit, when you are in the situation of finding care for a loved one, it is absolute chaos. Uh, It is really difficult to find out and figure out what it is you need to do to make sure you can provide the best care for your loved one. And that's what we're really here to do. So that's Amada Senior Care. And as you're going through this process, you're going to find out a lot more about Amada, what the process is, what does it mean to become a franchisee. Uh, but that is going to come in the process as you as you go through. And it takes a little bit of time. We'll walk you through that. But today, I want to introduce you to uh, Greg Hines and Kevin Manuel. I've got their, uh, their profiles here on LinkedIn because I, I know that they're cool with you guys reaching out to them, connecting with them on LinkedIn. So here's Gregory Hines and uh, Kevin Manuel right there. And uh, we're actually really, really lucky to have these two as our franchise partners. I'll let them tell you a little bit about their background, but I know that when we met them, these are uh, buddies since college, uh, really good men. They have amazing families. And uh, there's a lot of times when when we're talking to franchisees where we're just pinching ourselves going, man, it's so cool that we're attracting folks like this. Um, and and they have have worked extremely hard, took a, a huge risk starting their modest senior care business in Michigan. And in fact, uh, Kevin and Greg, you guys uh, we, you were our first franchisees in Michigan. We always thought we'd be in Michigan a lot sooner than than we did. but uh, remind me again, when when did you actually start the business?
1: Uh, we started in August of 2014. Uh, uh, we, uh, we left our
0: jobs in 2014 and, um, and started Amada. So uh, at that, that yeah. So it's, it's so crazy. I, I, it feels like it was just yesterday. So you August know. of 2014, we had nobody else in, in Michigan. So, uh, let's, let's back up a little bit. And, uh, Kevin, will you start out and tell us a little bit about your background and, uh, and then we'll have, uh, Greg also introduce himself. Sure. Um, Yeah, I was before Amada, I was
1: doing pharmaceutical sales and I was doing that for about 17 years prior to uh, opening the Amada franchise. And before that, I was in banking for a few years. So those experiences definitely helped helped me with uh, starting the business here at Amada. Um, And, you know, in banking, it was understanding. I was used to calling small businesses. I was managing offices. Small businesses would come in. And I always admired those guys as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and, um, and, it, and it helped me understand reading financial statements, and it really comes in hand uh, um, running your own business. And then with the pharmaceutical sales, obviously, that was marketing, and uh, uh, that helped in, in doing what we're doing now as we go out and market uh, to various referral sources.
0: Perfect. Hey, thank you for that intro. And, uh, and, and about your family, tell me real quick oh, about your family. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, um, my, I, 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 am married with uh, three kids, two out of college and one. in my, my baby girl, she is a, um, sophomore at university in Michigan. Uh, and, 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 and that's the part that we stepped out on faith. I, I you know, I had, uh, 2014, I think my boys were, were coming out of college. Um, and so I think one was coming out next one the next year. So I really stepped out on faith in doing this. Yeah. Um, and uh, and my wife, luckily I, I'm married to a very understanding uh, uh, lady, and she allowed me
2: to do this. That's awesome. I appreciate that. All right, Greg, let's switch over to you. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Thanks, Marcos. Uh, yeah, my, my background is very, so I guess, first off, thanks for having us uh, as part of the conversation But my background is very similar to Kevin's in that I I did both pharmaceuticals and prior to coming to or making the decision to buy an Amata franchise, I was in medical devices for about eight years. So, half the length of time that Kevin talked about in the industry, um, and and was really, really honestly happy to be a part of that industry because of uh, the life it afforded us. Uh, Uh But but at some point, recognize the fact that that going into business for yourself trumps any any company that you can work for, so that was my motivation. Uh, now, in terms of family, I've got uh, I'm married as well, and I've got a 17 year old who's about to go into college, and and so for me, it wasn't an issue of worrying about paying or having to uh, pay for college at that point. Uh, my thought was that I needed to generate more income maybe through an entrepreneurial venture where I could more easily pay for college for my son. And again, the same kind of wife that Kevin has, um, very understanding and very supportive of the whole notion of, of being an entrepreneur and that she's one. Uh, so, so it just worked out. Timing was great. Um, and, and, you know, having known Kevin since we were 19 years old, uh, made the decision to, to go into business and have a partnership with Kevin. Just that much easier.
0: That's cool. So you guys met it, met in college, correct? We we met as
2: I think we were sophomores at Indiana University, and we met because uh, it, it was uh, it was it was sort of a forced meeting. We met in that we uh, made a decision to to join the same fraternity and go through the pledge program at the same time. So he and I are line brothers, and uh, have been going strong since
0: 1984. Wow. That's really cool. And um, so so tell tell me about this idea that both of you guys came to the point where you you loved what you did. And I like I like making that distinction because we do target a lot of folks that are medical device and pharmaceutical sales, and we talk about you know life after medical device, life after pharmaceutical sales. And yet what I want everybody to understand is I don't think any of us come from a background where we're like, oh I hated my job, I hated pharma, I hated medical device. Uh, that's really not the case, right? I mean, you guys were in a place where you loved what you did. But talk a little bit about what was what was happening where you felt like uh, that you needed to have a change.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not that I hated what I was doing. I, it afforded me a good life. Um, it's just that sort I of wanted to do something a little different. Like I said, um, as when I was in banking, and they used to call on the small small business owners used to come into me, and I would go out to see them. I've always had that desire to do my own thing. And at the beginning of 2014, I, I just had that itch, and uh, Greg and I was talking. and We decided to, to do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, ph- but pharmaceutical sales, yeah. I, it, like I said, I was I was happy um, doing what I was doing to a certain extent, but I knew I could do more and better, and, and do something a little larger
0: than what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, Greg, anything else to add to that?
2: Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think Kevin Kevin uh, said it all. It was a, it was a processed approach. We we. We enjoyed the lifestyle that we had. We enjoyed the industries that we had. We sat down and we talked about and kind of thought through where we wanted to be 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, 20 years down the road. And, and, and through that process, uh, we, we really investigated a couple other options outside of pharma and medical devices. Uh, and, and we really did a ton of research. We did a, a ton of investigation. We did due diligence. And we really, really thought through the process of what we wanted next, and and for us, it became at some point a no-brainer that we knew that the senior uh, any anywhere in the senior market potentially made sense because we saw what was happening, we saw the growth with with, this, with many of the senior businesses, and so for us, that process led us to. Uh, Just making the decision to go out on our own, and then, of course, to uh, start having a conversation with the modest senior care.
0: Right, and and now we go back to 2014. So uh, it's been a a few years now, Uh, and one of the things that that we wanted to talk about in this call is how we help veterans. And so I know that a lot of a lot of the listeners uh, are joining us uh, for that. And can you talk a little bit about when you started the business? Uh, we, we, we do differentiate ourselves where we are advocates for, for veterans, uh, but can you talk a little bit about how we accomplished that, and, and I guess, what has that meant to you in, in your business?
1: Uh, you, you know, we, when we started our business, um, Ahmad is known for a couple of things. One is veterans. The other was long-term care insurance. Uh, so we were focusing on that. That was one of the uh, areas we were focusing on long-term care insurance. But also we were focusing on veterans as a, as a way to generate, uh, uh, to, to jumpstart our business. And, and, and it, was a, uh, um, it was a hard fault, um, uh, 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 I, I should say, it was hard fault getting, us, getting ourselves into the, um, to, we, we have two veterans hospitals close to us. We have the Detroit uh, VA the John Dingle VA, and then we have the Ann Arbor VA. And we're affiliated with both of them. Um, um, and we, we, we've, we've been successful with them. But but one of the, the benefits of doing what we're doing and we're taking care of these veterans, we, we get to meet a lot of um, a lot of heroes. Yeah. Uh, these guys are, are very special. We have, we have taken care of people who were in Patton's Army. Uh, we've taken care of a couple of Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, so we really have an opportunity as as we take care of veterans um, to sit down and talk about history and get a lot out of it. Not only us, but also our our caregivers that go and provide provide the care. So it, it has been nothing but beneficial to us um, uh, financially, as far as our business, and also uh, individuals getting to, under, to getting to know um, these guys, these heroes.
2: Yeah, and, and what, what I, I guess what I would add, Tim, is just from uh, just from an approach standpoint and from even an opportunity standpoint, what, what we saw with Amata is that uh, we were trained and we were really good in several different sources, payer sources, uh, obviously long term care insurance, then the VA benefits and private pay. And, and we, we saw that as a tremendous benefit. And so for us, uh, as kevin said we we our approach was to go after a couple different areas and the thought was that what's what would stick best initially is what we'd focus on most initially and so for us we went after both long-term care and va and at that point the va the va programs and the benefits through the va programs worked out better and that's that's the road we decided to focus on and that's the road we took and and again as kevin said um, it, it made a difference in our business. Um, it, the, the reality is that although we, are, we do a lot of VA and we're really good at VA, uh, the beauty with, with the system is that uh, you get several different options. You get a lot of different angles that you can go after. Uh, for us, it was just that we focused on the VA because it initially worked best for us.
0: Yeah. And that's what I think is interesting. And and guys, one of the reasons we have our franchisees come on and, and tell you their stories is if you talk to, to Kevin and Greg, they'll tell you a story. If you talk to uh, uh, Ryan Hart in, Nat, in, uh, in, in Nevada, he'll tell you a different story about his business because we, we have several different lines of business that you can go after. And when you first start out, our advice to you is, you need to go after multiple lines, but what you'll end up building your business might be different from somebody else. Uh, but at least once you find that, uh, that vein of business that, that responds and that you start attacking and it works out, you, you build that, um, uh, what would you guys call it? Like the kind of the base, right? Of your business. And, and, and the VA was kind of that base to get you to launch into other things, right?
2: Yeah, that, that that's absolutely right on point, Tim. And that's what we see the VA is. I'm, I'm sorry, Marcos. What, that's what we see the VA is. It's it's a base, and it's an it gives us an opportunity to to go after other areas of revenue. I mean, things right. that um, that that really really help to uh, to scale us, and that's important, I think, initially. And and, and I'm just saying what you're saying that you, you've got to create. Uh, enough revenue and, and some kind of base so that you become strong and then it gives you tons of other options to go after other areas where you're not so concerned with how you're going to pay your bills.
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, and so for for you, uh, Kevin, you said something very important. It was hard fought. It, so I don't think anyone will ever tell you that they opened an the modest in senior care and three weeks later, there was all this business. You didn't know what to do with it, right? It is it is hard fought. Can you share a little bit about what do you mean by hard fought? Go back to uh, early 2014, early 15. How hard fought was it?
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, when we opened our doors, we had zero clients. Right. So we were building what we have to, to give you. Today, we have about 120, 125 clients. When we started out in 2014, we had zero, and we were out right. there knocking on doors. Uh, you know, um, trying to gain because uh, re- this business is—you don't talk to the to, to your client directly initially. Generally, you're trying to get a referral from um, uh, uh, from a referral base to refer, to refer business to you. So right. that's who; we, those are our call points. Those are the folks that we're trying to market to. So Greg and I were out every day trying to not knock knocking on doors to get referrals uh coming in to us so, and and, and you literally mean... so we went from August and I think our first client came in in November it was November first yeah. yeah first of November yeah. right wow. in the first week of November so that took us all all of August and September and October yeah. before we got that first client right and yeah. other 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 agencies they're gonna start they'll get their first client in a month or two months and it may be like us. But you gotta be prepared for that.
0: Yeah. And it and and when you when you talk about knocking on doors, and for a lot of you who are medical device and pharmaceutical sales, you guys kind of know what that means. But can you see, literally what did that mean when you said out we were out there knocking on doors? Some people may think that's a euphemism or maybe you were just making phone calls. What did that actually mean on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? What were you really doing? So go ahead.
2: Well, it, it, here, let, let, let's let's go back a little further than just knocking on doors or let's add let's add a little more to just that. But in terms of knocking on doors, that meant that we were literally out trying to create a referral base. We were recreating something that we'd already had when we were in the pharmaceutical and medical devices industry, right. When we were selling products, we already had physicians that we could call on. and we, we typically most of us have a list of those. Well, when we came to Amada and when we opened up our doors and, and, and created Amada Farmington Hills, we had to recreate what we were used to. And that very simply meant that we were meeting new physicians, we were meeting new case managers, we were meeting new social workers, and it became a process. So we were we literally, as Kevin said, we were starting to develop and build relationships. But in, in addition to that, here's what's really interesting. In addition to that. While we were knocking on doors, we were janitors, we were administrators, <laughs> right. we were builders, we were schedulers, we were everything that we had in the past that folks who were administrative staff and the former companies did for us, we were now doing. We were literally taking out garbage and cleaning offices and we were doing everything in addition to knocking on doors. So, so yeah. when Kevin talks about you know, the, the, the uh, term he just used that that's what's meant. You literally you're doing everything, including the marketing side.
0: Yeah. And that's a that's a, a big uh, shift for anybody who becomes an entrepreneur. Right. If, if you've never run a business before, this concept that when your sales or your operations, you have your your site, your focus on what you do. And you almost have blinders to the other, you know, 180 degrees around you that somebody else used to do in your company. Somebody That's else right. was creating the PL, somebody else was billing the client, somebody else was shipping the product. Now all of a sudden, you two are the guys, right? I mean, you are it. And it's it it is um it's not easy to get your hands around that, right? And get your mind around it. Right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So yeah, you become, you do everything.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it's, it's, you know, and it's, but you, you put in the time, but it pays off, you know, you work hard enough. Um, it, it, it can, it pays off for our office. Now where it was just Greg and I, now we have full, four, full, we have four full time people in our office, mm-hmm. you know, uh, helping out with a lot of those things that we were doing on ourselves. So, but, yeah. but it takes time. It's no. a grind.
0: Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's finished. Go ahead. Okay. So yeah, it is. It is a grind. And we, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I, mean, I don't know if you guys would expect that. We, we would never tell you that this is going to be the easiest thing you'll ever do. Um, we really want to overtly tell you that this is going to be hard. And I don't know if there's any business out there that's not going to be hard, and i think what what uh, you you'll hear from kevin and greg is i think through the hardship um you ought to be in something that will bring you joy that will bring you happiness and 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 i think you know taking care of veterans meeting some of these heroes uh doing the work or helping families navigate through this the madness that it is finding the right kind of care is a lot of the payback um so when you guys have a tough day would would you say that there there is a payback to the hardship Oh, absolutely.
1: This is the professionally the best move I've ever made. Um, I enjoy what we, I enjoy helping folks uh, enjoy running my own business. I enjoy contribute, contributing to my community. We um, our payroll. We pay about we pay twice a month. We pay about one hundred and fifteen, 20 people each pay period. Wow. And I, I, you know, so that's a feeling that we're, we're giving back to our community. You know, Greg can speak for himself as far as that's
2: concerned. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I echo both same sentiment. The payback for us is he, here is here's when I knew that there was a payback that was out, outside of uh, the financial rewards. Marcos, uh, it was when we met our very first client. This was a client that we we asked that uh, he give us a shot. That That's how we sold the business. We, we yeah. were just we were transparent. Uh, we were very, very confident that that we do a good job for him, but we asked them to give us a shot, and he and gave us an opportunity.
0: And Greg, and let me back up. Didn't you? I think you told me the story that they asked you point blank, something like, "How long you been doing this? How many clients do you have?" Right?
2: Yeah, yeah. That that, that was that was really, really funny. So, so the guy asked us. <laughs> Uh, how long we had been doing, it and, and and how many clients we had, and we were we were very honest with them when we go. Well, you would be our first client, <laughs> and, the, and the look in his face <laughs> probably suggested that uh, if we didn't leave immediately, he was going to kick us out. <laughs> but but we we stayed strong, and uh, we asked them to give us a shot. Yeah. And 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 I think that for for me. I knew at that point, after we had developed, after we had been taking care of him for a while, and after we had learned so much from that very first caregiver who was a part of his case, and from having just developed a, an incredible relationship with him and the, the the person that he lived with, I knew at that point that that any financial reward that I got from this could not even compare to to the good feeling and the uh, the sense of accomplishment that that I'd received from being a part of this business. That's so I, I really echo cool. Kevin's sentiments completely. And at the same time, the, the, I don't know how much everybody knows about the Detroit metro area, but for a long time, and still to some degree now, it's been very difficult for many folks that we hire to, to gain employment. Yeah, And so we've not, we employ uh, probably closer to about 150. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that we use them every pay period, but right. we use a lot of them. But the satisfaction that we have in knowing that we're helping out families who oftentimes could not get employment or have a difficult time getting employment is enough satisfaction for me where, um, you know, it just makes this whole thing worth it.
0: That's really cool. You know, we we a lot of people talk about, you know, hiring caregivers and how hard it is to hire caregivers or, or they, they're wondering about that um and i think that is another part of our business that it, it, again it is hard right it, um i remember uh our first franchisee whenever we we would bring on new franchisees he would call them and he, and he would say hey congratulations you've, you've joined the family i'm not alone anymore and the 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 new franchisee would say hey thanks and then robert is his name. robert would go hey how many caregivers do you have and they go what because it's you're, I mean, you're never not hiring caregivers, right? I mean, you're hiring caregivers now forever. Right. You're right. And it's, we're, and it's we're not actually, easy. We're actually,
2: we're, we're actually having an orientation as we speak. So we hire, we hire probably, We we don't try to hire every day. At some point we're almost having to, but we try to, just from the efficiency standpoint, we're probably doing it two times a week, maybe some weeks, three times a week. And that just speaks yeah. to the that, that, that important part of the business.
0: Yeah, it's it's a huge demand uh, on your time, and then on your on your staff as you hire that staff. But again, it, it's another thing that comes with the business, right? The satisfaction of seeing you said about one hundred and fifty people that you're employing out there, uh, and you know, as you guys probably know, you know, caregivers get paid anywhere between nine to let's say fifteen dollars an hour. Um, and it's, it's a type of employee that a lot of times can be treated badly by other companies. And it's something that we really believe in is that, and, and there's research that shows that the caregivers care, number one, their number one thing that they want. You'd be surprised that there's been tons of research done on caregivers that they say the number one thing they want is respect. And then it's, and then it's the money. Um, and have you guys seen that in your, in your business with this army of folks that you have? Uh, do you see that, that that is the number one thing that they really care about is, is the respect that they get from you guys?
1: Yes, you'll hear that quite often is that uh, you'll have a caregiver. and we, we try to recognize our caregivers. Uh, the ones uh, we can't recognize everyone, but we we, take, we make a point to recognize some every month. Right. And, and I've heard time and time again. I am so glad you guys uh, uh, show us the recognition because I've worked at other places where I didn't get this. Um so yeah, it's very important that they be, be respected uh and valued. And, and and in our business, obviously, uh we're good we're as good as those caregivers and the people in our office. So um you want to make them happy as best you can. Um so that so your business will benefit from that.
2: Yeah. Here is here is a here's a process in which we try to think through the, the, the notion of caregiving and and our need for caregivers, Marcos, we, we always we've recognized a long time ago that um, that caregivers probably uh, need us less than we need them. And, and yeah. because because we understand that we we try to do things, Kevin and I, to make sure that, number one, we're visible. So orientations will go in and we'll speak to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do recognize uh, caregivers. Doing things. It doesn't even have to be extraordinary. It could just be that a boy recognition. Uh, And and we also make sure that uh, that that they understand very clearly that we are advocates and we will support them. And 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 again, part of that process of us making sure that we're really strong on the side of caregivers is that um, we we'll tell we make sure that our caregivers know that they are as important to us as our clients are. Right. And, and and that builds, and I'll tell you, that builds loyalty. The biggest problem now that we we face in, in this industry is either getting caregivers or keeping the ones that we get. So, so in us doing those things, I think that that's helped some, is it still a problem? Yeah. It's still a problem finding them and retaining them. Right. But we Work really, really hard in terms of the things that we need to do to make sure that, that we give ourselves the best shot at it.
0: I love it. I, that's so, that's so important. You know, I remember when we first started, and, and I knew nothing about, about caregiving, and, and Tafa said, your cl- all, 100% of your clients will leave you someday, because they'll either pass away, or they'll go to a nursing home, or, or some change will happen where they're no longer your client. And yet, the caregivers, if you do it right, could be with you for a very long time, and they are really your net worth. You know, don't you guys agree that your net worth is measured by your caregivers more than your clients? I,
2: I, would, I would echo those sentiments,
0: exactly. Yeah. Okay, guys. So we've been on here for, for about 20 minutes. So uh, this is your opportunity to ask questions. I just wanted to in- invite you to learn more about Kevin and Greg, have them share their experiences with you. Uh, so if you're on the call, this is your time to ask any questions that you want to ask. You can type them into the question box. We're live. We can see it right here, or you can raise your hand to ask uh, a question from uh, Kevin and Greg. Uh, so this is this is your your chance. Don't be shy about it. Um, I wanted to, to, to ask you guys also about uh, the competition in your market. So as questions come in, I'll, I'll ask some the of qu- the questions that they're asking. But tell me about competition. A lot of folks, they come to us and they say, uh, well, I'm in Wichita. And in Wichita, you guys may not know this, but there's a 100 home care companies. And then I hear that from, I'm in Idaho. Now in Idaho, right, and they, and they talk about the competition in, in, in their market. Can you talk a little bit about the competition you have found in in that greater Detroit market that you you guys have a, a, a large business now, how has it been dealing with other home care companies out there?
1: Yeah, it's I would I would say that there's a lot of competition in our in our market. For one, in the state of Michigan, there's no you don't have to have a license. There's no licensure process, so you just put it you know, put up your shingle, get a business license, and go out and um, get into business. Just right. Or in the, the, within a sorry a two mile area where we are right now, there's probably about five or six of us, uh, yeah. right here in the same area. But there's, but you know, there's a lot of business out there for all of us, and everyone, you know, you, they may have a niche where they're going after a certain patient type. You know, another one's going after a different patient type. So there's enough business for for all of us. Um, it, it it but there's competition, and you just got to be better than the next guy. And sometimes you work hand in hand uh just recently in the last in this week we referred a client that we couldn't service to another uh home care company that we had a relationship with they do the exact same thing that we do but we referred them to, we referred that client to them and we've gotten clients from other companies that you know we couldn't that they you know a home care company couldn't refer excuse me couldn't take care of a client and they referred them to us so yes competition but also yeah we're all in it just for the same reason at least most of us are and that's provide, uh, provide great care.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I mean, you, you guys probably now have strong, friendly relationships. I hear from a, most of our franchisees that they go and get coffee, they go get lunch with some of their competitors, they exchange notes on caregivers. they like, they, it's a it's a pretty great community, even with the competition, right?
2: It, it, it is. Um, yeah, we it, for for us, um, we 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 don't necessarily see our competition as true competition. And here's why, and I don't say that arrogantly. But, but here's why. Uh, a lot of times, Marcos, what we'll see is we'll see companies that don't necessarily hire the level of franchisees that Amada does. Or they're, they're my and pie companies, so they don't always have the, the same training or they may not have uh, may, may not have developed a skill set from a prior uh, job that they had. I think right. that with Amada... What we see when we go to meetings or when we're talking with any of our other franchisees is that just from a skill set standpoint, most of us are on the same level of skills. Most of us are really, really hungry. Most of us know how to sell. Most of us know operations. Um, and, and so that that's really fun to have as part of your team. When we go yeah. out and we see other, other uh, companies that do what we do, a, a lot of times, I, I would say even half half the time uh you just don't have that quality of person that's not a bad thing but it makes less competition for us at least in in, in our eyes so we think that w- what we bring and what what other Amada franchisees bring and what we all share that the competition probably is not as strong as it would be if you know if a, if the Amada system didn't bring in the franchisee it did um yeah 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 so so uh, there's competition out there, but but we we take
0: anybody's lunch in this area. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. and And I'm glad you said that because even though i'm I'm telling you guys that we are friendly and all that, the, the truth is 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 we are there to steal market share, and we do, right? So, and we're not shy about saying that, but there's so much business out there that you can steal market share like crazy, and you'll still have competitors that will steal some market share as well. but we are probably one of the most competitive group of guys and girls that you'll ever meet, and and you know what? I'll tell you, if you are not competitive to the to the point where when you when you if you do lose a business to somebody else that, that doesn't kind of, you know, fire you up, you're probably in the wrong team. We are extremely competitive. Um, okay, Will, uh, thank you for asking your question. Let me let me. This is a really good one, guys. So, the biggest mistake that you had to learn from. Uh, in, in the, and, and maybe in the beginning, but just your, the biggest mistake that you have learned from running the business now for all these years. It's a good one, huh?
2: Good question. <laughs> well, it, we, we're kind of pausing because the reality is that we've made so many mistakes. <laughs> no, that, Which one that, I that's, the, that's the reality. I mean, when, yeah. when you're in business, you make mistakes. Here, here's the beauty though that, that will probably, if he makes a decision to move forward with, with Amada or whatever he decides to do in this industry, he'll make the mistakes. I think the difference with us is that that uh, part of the reason in moving forward with Amada is that we knew we would have support or we thought we'd have support and we were just really banking on that. And so that when we made mistakes or when we got in a bind and didn't have answers to questions, we had somebody to call and it wasn't always AFI. It wasn't always California. Yeah. And, and just going back to the, the whole thing that I talked about with the franchise partners, we very easily could call a Ken in Colorado Springs or John Merrill in Mississippi or a DR over in Milwaukee. And we could get help getting out of a bind or help to, to correct the mistake. Right. Uh, and I think that that's the beauty of the system. So it's not just one mistake. Will, but we've made several different mistakes. I guess the short answer, though, and for, for, for you and just to really answer your question is I, I think it probably would have had to do with with maybe making administrative changes in the office sooner than what we did. We had we had a rough spot where there just wasn't a good mix for us and it created a lot of problems internally. Uh, and we we wanted to be loyal, but the loyalty created problems with our efficiency. And in fact, we lost clients because we did not make uh, fast enough decisions with some administrative staff. Yeah. So that's probably the, one of the biggest mistakes that we made. I don't know. What do you think of
1: Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. It, it's it, yeah, you are going to make mistakes. You're going to make you're going to hire the the wrong marketer or the wrong uh, 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 media person. And you're gonna make those, and you're gonna, and you're gonna figure it out, and, and you just chalk it up to learning. You know, next time you know what to look for and hire the right people. But I, I would agree. A lot of it is, um, I, I would agree with Greg. It, 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 it's it was some of the hiring that that decisions that we made. But you learn from it.
0: That's a great answer, and I think that's a good one about you know Will talking about the uh, the staff, right? I think every entrepreneur goes through that. You're in a startup and you have you have these wonderful folks in a foxhole with you, and it creates a huge amount of loyalty. And uh, And I think every entrepreneur goes through that growth stage. So I, I appreciate you guys sharing that because I, I hear that from a lot of uh, franchise partners, right? You get to a point where you do need to sometimes change that staff and, and make upgrades to that staff to be able to go from billing X amount per month to now the next year and then the next year, right? Um, and, and those things are tough to do, right? They're tough. to Those changes are really hard human in a, in a human way to make.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it took too long, and it was based on emotions and feelings. We, so we, we didn't use our business senses.
0: Yeah,
2: um, yeah. And it, like I can say
1: one thing, and I, and I don't know who's out there who's going to come aboard, but if you do decide to do this and you're doing this alone, make sure that first hire is a very good hire for a person that you're going to bring in operationally. Greg and I, we, there's the two of us. If it was just one of us, it'd be very tough doing this job. So if you do decide to do this and you're so going to comment on your own, make sure that hire that you the person you're going to need to hire someone pretty quickly. Make sure to try to hire the best you can.
0: Yeah, Um, uh, Kevin, absolutely. We we have seen that so many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, The single operator, you have to have the right hand woman, right hand man. That's that's helping you because it gets overwhelming if you don't. I mean, even with the two of you, I'm assuming that you got to a point of overwhelm. Right. Imagine not having that, not having somebody that's that's there to help you out, especially when you start to grow. You start to grow quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really good feedback. And, and as you guys go through this process, what we'll do is we'll sit down with you and we'll talk about, are you a partnership? Are you just by yourself? Or are you, is it, is it one and a half? Or you have somebody who will be able to do, you know, half of the work, maybe some billing or some scheduling and something like that. And we'll give you uh, some counsel on that. And also, you know, I think Kevin and Greg are hitting the nail on the head. It used to be just about, us when we had four, five, six franchise partners, but it is no longer like that. You know, uh, uh, Kevin and Greg actually are mentors, so they mentor uh, today a group of franchisees, uh, and several franchisees have raised their hand and they're they're mentoring. And so you will learn so much from our franchisees, uh, even up to par or more than you'd learn here from uh, from from the home office here in California. Uh, and that's been a huge unintended consequence of, of we were really serious about finding uh, only the right franchisees. And, man, I, I'd say 99%. We've made only the, the best choices, as Kevin and Greg have told you. Uh, and these guys and girls will be there to, to support you. Okay. Um, Cheryl, you have three questions. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go to – ah, th- okay, this is a good one. Cheryl is asking – our services are our services covered by Medicare or Medicaid? I'll let you guys uh, uh, touch on that one.
1: Um, currently, Medicare, no. Um, but there are some changes coming up, and I don't want to get deep in that, but there are some changes possibly coming up with Medicare Advantage that will start paying for our services. Medicaid, uh, each state is different. Each state runs their Medicaid. But I think the vast majority of the state's Medicaid does cover some home care. Uh, we have a small amount of it through, called the, uh, ours is the Michigan Choice Plan Waiver Program. Uh-huh. We don't work directly with the state. We work with a um, nonprofit that helped run the state's Medicaid right. waiver program. So, yes, in that regard.
0: Yeah, and, and, and uh, every state is different. You have to take a look at your state. Uh, so this idea of, of Medicare Advantage, is, is, it was approved this year, it starts next year, we're where Medicare Advantage. So companies that are managing Medicare for for their folks and and uh, I, what is that, a third of the population or, or so, something like that is on Medicare Advantage of, of seniors? So
1: that's, you know, like a third, yes.
0: So Medicare Advantage uh, companies that are, that are managing those dollars, they will be able to use uh, those dollars to pay for home care. It starts in th- 2019, but there's, it's a little messy. We're, we're watching it to figure out what is that really going to mean. Um, it, it probably will take a while to to uh, get going. Do you guys see that as a positive or negative change to the industry?
2: Are you talking, you're speaking in terms of medic- Medicare Advantage?
0: Right, that, that they can now uh, pay for home care services out of those dollars. Well, it potentially,
2: we at this point, we still don't know how it's going to, to work, but we, we think it potentially could be a tremendous opportunity for our sector. I mean, if you've got, it just becomes another payer source. So now we've, right. so we've got long-term care insurance, we've got v- VA benefits, we've got private pay, uh, we've got some Medicaid uh, as Kevin spoke about, but now to give an opportunity or to have an opportunity to take advantage of Medicare Advantage just gives us more license to hunt. It cre- it opens up more opportunities for revenue growth. And it opens up more opportunities, of course, to employ more people. Uh, and it opens up more opportunities to make more money, to be quite frank.
0: Yeah, it's just another source. So we're watching that very closely, Cheryl. Uh, it, it is a, a, an interesting change. I think it's a positive change, you know, because we do understand that if a caregiver is involved, outcomes are better. And as all you guys know, the industry is moving toward outcomes, not fee for service. So Medicare is sick of just saying, oh, you kept that patient in your hospital for 20 days. OK, great. Here's all this money. And the hospitals have realized, skilled nurses have realized they have to get people home. And so, if Medicare Advantage can prove that, hey, if we put money toward, toward caregiving, we're getting better outcomes, it just validates even more what we are doing. And guys, we already know the answer. Caregiving works. It works. It gets people healthier. It gets people back on their feet. Uh, it helps people uh, live, live a, a better life in their homes. I mean, everything, all the research is already there that shows that what we do is essential, so we're, we're excited about that, but we'll monitor it. We'll see what it means. Cheryl, uh, you also asked, um, I, I like this question. She was asking, I've, I'd love to learn, Cheryl, what your background is, because it's so telling um, what you do and what your background is. How do you ensure the safety of your care providers? I think that's really cool that you're, that you're concerned about that. How do you guys ensure the safety of your caregivers?
2: Well, I, I, you know, I think that for the most part, typically Kevin and I, when we get a new client, uh, we always, 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 we will go out. Either he and I, he or I will go out and we will visit with the client and the client's family. And so we get, because we do that, um, we get a really good sense of who it is that we're taking care of. Uh, a lot of times that'll mean that we'll have history. We'll have uh, not just medical history, but we'll have family history sometimes. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get a sense of what's going on in that house. If we get any indication that it doesn't make sense or is safe for our caregivers, uh, then we, we won't take the case. I mean, it's just that simple. We, we won't do it simply because, our again, our, our caregivers for us, is they're, they're very valuable. Right. Right. Um, so that that's how we've done it. I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that I answered Cheryl's question. That that's typically how we do it. Kevin, want you add to that?
1: And the other thing, in a sense of their safety, also is it's it's how well trained that caregiver is, because they're doing maneuvers sometimes transferring a client. If they're not trained properly, that could cause an issue for the for the caregiver and also the client. So. I'm not sure Cheryl, which, which way you were meant as far as the safety of our caregivers, but proper training as far as what they're doing, and also make sure that they're in an environment that uh, is safe for them when we go out and visit. And also we let the, our caregivers know if something's not quite right that they need to let us know right away and remove themselves from a situation that's not safe for them.
0: Yeah, I think it's that's so important. And I want to remind you guys that, this is different from home health. Uh, and so we're when you talk about this, this, this conversation going to liability, right? A lot of people say, well, guys, you have 150 people out there that are working under your name. What's the liability? Now, you need to have a stomach that allows you to, to, to shoulder that, right? I mean, you, you do have liability. But at the same time, we're doing things like dressing, bathing, walking, grooming. We are not doing shots, wound care, uh, therapy. Uh, you know, all those things are handled by home health. We are home care. And just by that fact, you're, you you reduce a lot of that liability that inherently exists uh, by, by news and medical services. Also, and this goes to, um, I think it was a really good question, a three-part question, Chris, this is a really good question about your revenue sources. And I wanted just to show this real quick to you guys, because it was, it'll tell you that we're quite a bit different from home health organizations. And I know sometimes this is A little confusing so um and and i want i want you guys kevin and greg to talk about uh this idea that it's we are a cash pay business uh one of the questions was well what does reimbursement look like which reimbursement you think about medicare medicaid uh so i have on the screen here the fact that our payers the payers that we work with are usually veterans cash workers comp and long-term care insurance can you guys sort of talk about the difference between those payers and going after the true Medicaid, Medicare reimbursement with all the crazy codes and all the madness that it is, uh, or or even a billing Edna's, Kaiser's, and Blue Cross for Shield? Can you help us sort of differentiate our business from that other business?
1: Yeah. So we, for the most part, you don't you don't really have to worry about the reimbursements because it's Michael says it's going to be cash, private pay. So you're going to set your rate. Uh, long-term care insurance, which is cash, it's you set a rate. Um, now, the things that you're doing for those clients has got to be within the parameters of the policy that they have so that you are reimbursed. Uh, but they have a pool of money that you work with. As far as veterans concerned, that's a little different. Um, it, it, the, the VA will set the reimbursement, either through a contract or through just a vendor agreement, they will set the reimbursement. And I can only speak for the VAs we work with. They're, our reimbursements are, are just fine. They're pretty good. But um, but if you talk to one VA, you've just talked to one VA. Right. So uh, it can be different in other parts of the country. They do have guidelines they have to go by, but, you know, there's wiggle room in there and their reimbursement can be within those parameters compared Mm -hmm. compared uh, that's right yeah so now medicaid um it's different medicaid is going to reimbursements are far less than you would any of the other uh reimbursements that you're getting uh like what we get from our medicaid is a contract with the nonprofit that we work with which is far less than what we get and it is medicaid Right. So a Medicaid is your last resort It's for individuals who qualify for Medicaid and Medicaid is only going to pay as the last resort. So everything else has been exhausted and that's when Medicaid is going to come in and pay and determine your, you make that determination about your business, how much you want to accept and what you, how you want to build your company.
0: So, and so as you guys are hearing this, it's sort of, it's still much more of an open market that we deal with as opposed to a market controlled by Medicare and Medicaid where they set the rates. So, because this is a customer driven operation, remember, if you are sending a nurse to go do therapy, the nurse is going to be there for maybe an hour, if we're generous, three days a week. I mean, that's probably even more than we'd ever get, right? Uh, to do therapy or wound care or shots or something like that. And that's all driven by Medicare Medicaid. What we're talking about here, guys, is a customer service operation. You have uh, clients that need a caregiver 24 hours a day, and they want the caregiver to cook a certain type of meal, and they want the caregiver to be um, African-American or white or Hispanic or Asian. And there's all this selection and dating process that Kevin and Greg are doing with their clients because of all that and, and more, it is a much more open market and and it's sort of set, the rates are set by the market as opposed by the by the government. And we don't see that changing anytime soon because again, it is a customer service driven market. Um, I mean, how many of your clients will tell you, Hey, uh, Kevin, Greg, I, I want uh, somebody who's Asian, male, female. And, and do you go through that dating, that kind of matchmaking process with your clients?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll get that from time to time. Um, and, and again, if that's a preference, then we certainly try to abide by it. Um, what, what we find no more often is that that uh, for the most part now, people just want good care and good service. Yeah, so whether it's whether it's an African-American or if it's a Caucasian or if it's whatever, they oftentimes care less about that than they they would about having service as consistent and service as good. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have a prerogative. I mean, that they don't have the prerogative to ask for what it is that they want, because they do. And if they do. Uh, we supply them what they what, what, what they want. And, you know, it's just part of the, the, the process of, of us providing the care that we want to provide for them. And
1: what we do is try to we'll get their preference and we'll try to meet the preference, But also we try to convince them to rely on our um, on our expertise as that's far right. as providing the caregiver that's going to best fit them. And a lot of times we'll give them what they want. It doesn't, you know, and it's not really what they thought it was going to be. We yeah. put someone else in there that's a little different than what they initially asked for, and it's the best case scenario. And they and they love that person. So so we we, we but you know, we work with the client, as you as you said, we'll work with them and we but we also try to have them rely on our expertise yep. as we're in talking about the situation.
0: That's right. And by the way, Will uh, said thank you so much for the answers, great answers. Uh, Cheryl, uh, you just asked, uh, do you need a Medicare provider number? And that's that's what's great is uh, uh, do you guys uh, currently have uh, uh, cert- certified by Medicare and have a Medicare provider number? Yeah,
1: that is something that uh, no, we don't. Uh-huh. We don't. That's because that, that wasn't our initial market. Our business was not Medicare because they did you know, they don't pay for our service. But as this is starting to open up. Those are the things we're starting to figure out. Do you need to be CMS uh, certified, which in a lot of cases you probably are going to have to be CMS certified. But but you're going to have to. Uh, uh, that's something that you do in the process of working through. And you're and then if so, then you got to go through that process. If you're going to be accepting Medicare, say Medicare Advantage comes down the road.
2: But, we're, right. you know, we're, we're still learning. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of information that's not been shared yet. So we, we don't know how it's going to play out. But to Kevin's point, there's a possibility in the future where we may we just don't know yet. But right now, business, I mean, business is, is business as usual without any kind of uh, certification through CMS or Medi- Medicaid.
0: Right. Yeah, and and that's what you know. The I I we Medicare Advantage itself and CMS probably doesn't even know you know what they're going to require, so we're right. we're keeping our our uh, our ear to the ground and trying to figure out what that's going to be. But today, yeah, yeah you, you do not need to have the certification. Um, you do need usually a license in your state, as as Kevin and Greg said in, in Michigan, there is no licensing body. I would assume someday that will probably change in Michigan. Here in California, it changed a couple of years ago, but up, to, which is crazy in California. But a couple of years ago, anybody could start a home care company. In most states now, I think I could say most states, you do need a license to provide home care, but you do not need to uh, get certified for uh, uh, Medicare and Medicaid. Um yeah. Now we're, we're almost coming up to an hour here and I know that Kevin and Greg have orientation going on and, uh, their commitment is to an hour. They're super, super busy. So I just want to see, I, I added some more questions. So what I'd invite you to do, in fact, there's a really good question about revenues and what we'd ask you to do is, is, um, I, you can get those questions. Uh, they, the, I think it was Will, or I can't remember who it was, that asked you guys about when did you break even, how much money are you making, and all that. What we would invite you to do is, I don't want to share this here on this call with us on the call. Uh, you're welcome to review this on our franchise disclosure document. We do talk about revenues there, gross revenues. You can reference that. If you don't have our franchise disclosure document, reach out to Tim Valencia, uh, which I'm sure you have an email from Tim has his phone number on there, reach out to him and he can get you that a copy of that. Uh, and you are welcome to reach out to any of our franchise partners as they have time uh, and they'll be able to share any information they are happy to share with you. Uh, but when it comes to revenues, net profit, gross margin, how much money are you making? When did you break even? Uh, we invite you to have those one-on-one conversations with our franchise partners. Um, so, okay. Before we sign off here, we have three minutes. I wanted to go first to uh, Kevin, if you could tell, uh, what is your biggest piece of advice to anybody who is looking at starting in a modest senior care business?
1: Um, you prepare to work hard. Uh-huh. Um, it is something that uh, makes sure your everyone's on board. If you, if you're married family, because it's going to take a, a lot of your time initially so make sure everyone's on board. Uh, but I can tell you this: um, there were some times where uh, things were a little lean. We ate a lot of soup, <laughs> <and> in <it's, laughs> but but that being said,
0: a lot of, yeah, a lot of top ramen.
1: All right, <laughs> it, it, it is is the best professional move I've made. As, as I said before, so just be prepared to to roll up your sleeves and make sure everybody
0: that uh, that's going to be on board that needs to be on board that's great thank you so much kevin really appreciate that it's it's uh thank you so much for taking the time to to be here and, and give that counsel greg your thoughts
2: well i guess my thought would be just one and it's very simple if you decide to become a franchisee there is a system in place all you have to do to be successful is to follow the system there's two things actually you've got to follow the system like Kevin said, "You gotta work hard. If you can do that, and if you can leave, lean on your franchise partners, who are the most remarkable people I've ever met in my life, uh, then I think you'd be incredibly successful in, in in a modest senior care. So follow the system, work hard, rely on your franchise partners. Um, if you don't want, if you don't have fire like we do, if you don't want to work hard like we did, um, if we can't rely on you, if we can't trust you, we don't want you as part of the system." Um, That's right because we meet it's with people o'clock. we meet with people who are incredibly sharp we share and we we become successful together
0: i love it i love it guys thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate it i know you guys are so busy it means a ton to us that you take the time thank you i can't thank you enough
2: absolutely thanks for having us yeah, you got you. it
0: and for All those right. of you guys who are on the call Uh, please reach out to Tim Valencia. Regardless of where you are in the discovery process, Tim is your concierge. In fact, Tim has helped every single one of our franchise partners go from where they are today to either acquiring their franchise or realizing this is not for them. But reach out to Tim, schedule your next steps of discovery and know that just like this call, our goal is never to sell you on starting a business or paint a picture that's not realistic. Our goal is to tell you exactly what this is all about get you all the information we can possibly get to you and for you to make a decision with you and your family uh, if this is the right opportunity for you or not the only thing we're here to do is support you through that decision uh, and if you make the decision to, to join a modest Senior Care and we award you a franchise is to do our best to help you become successful thank you very much for being with us today we will talk to everybody soon bye-bye To learn more about launching your Amada Senior Care business, go to amadapodcast.com. Again, amadapodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, Marcus here with some uh, legal mumbo-jumbo for you. So this podcast is not an offer to sell a franchise. The offer of a franchise can only be made through delivery of a franchise disclosure document. And certain states require that we register our franchise disclosure document in those states before offering a franchise there. So this communication is not directed to any residents of those states. Now, for any more information on this, please go to com slash important dash note. Again, that's com slash important dash note. Also, any financial representations that you hear on this podcast or in any of our materials, please go verify them in our franchise disclosure document under item 19, financial representations.